We're so glad you've chosen the Teen Challenge of Southern California podcast today. Up next in the series are the brand new sessions from the 2020 Refresh Pastors Conference hosted each year at the Benedict Castle in Riverside. The sixth session from our Pastors Conference this year is from Executive Director Ron Brown. It's called Living and Ministering Out of the Glory. Be encouraged today. When my oldest daughter was five years old, uh, my wife and I heard her singing a song in her room and she had a little slip on and she was just turning around, just kind of twirling and she was singing to Jesus this amazing little song and, and this song began to give me a, a revelation of God's glory. And she was just making up a song to Jesus and the song was, Spirit fall, fall on me. Holy Spirit, fall, fall on me so I can see Christ formed in me. Holy Spirit, fall on me. And I'm like, where did she get that song from? And my wife and I sat there and we just began to weep. And it was a song she was just making up to the Lord. You know, Spirit, fall, fall on me. Holy Spirit, fall on me. So I can see Christ formed in me. I can still hear her singing it. And tears were coming down her face. And I said, what manner of song is this? And I realized Paul had said something about that in Galatians, about Christ being formed in us. And maybe she had heard it in Sunday school or somewhere, but that I don't know if she even heard it in Sunday school, but, but it just came out of her spirit. And the Lord said, just listen. And so we began to listen to this song. And she started talking about the Holy Spirit is beginning to fall all over the earth. North, south, east, and west. God's Holy Spirit is beginning to press on in. And so I asked her, I said, honey, what does this song mean? She said, I was just singing to Jesus. And these are the words that I heard him singing. And so I was singing the words he was singing. Hallelujah. Spirit fall. Fall on me. So I can see. Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 14, the Lord replied, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? We're Exodus 33, 14 and following. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because... I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. Because I'm pleased with you, and I know you by name. Then Moses said, show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord. In your presence, 
I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. The Lord wants you to know today that he's pleased with you and that he knows you by name. And even if your own mother could forget you, he says he has you engraved on the palm of his hands. He will never forget you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And his presence is dwelling with you. We need to hear that <laughs> because when we begin to look at our brokenness, when we begin to look at our hindrances inside and outside and everywhere else, we start sometimes believing God's not pleased with us. Um, the enemy begins to taunt us like he did um, Nehemiah when he was building the wall. said, you know, you can't do this. You're too weak. You got burned stones. You, you guys aren't going to be able to build this wall. And so we begin to hear the taunt of the enemy sometimes if we don't hear the voice of our father. And so when Moses said, Lord, show me your glory, what God did was he began to declare his character to him. See, when we think about the glory of God, sometimes we, are, we think about the pillar of fire. We think about the cloud that covered them in their wanderings. And so there was, we think about the physical manifestations. But really, when I think about the glory of God, it's like that song that my daughter was singing. Spirit fall, fall on me so that I can see, so that I can know you. This is really where the glory of God comes from. It comes from really having an intimate awareness of who God is, that he's merciful, that he's full of compassion, that he's full of grace. And from that place, we can gather ourselves and not allow any of the distractions or the things that come around us or that come into our sense realm to pull us out of that place of persevering faith and following God fully. Amen. And so when I talk about ministering out of the glory, I'm not talking about ministering out of some sense that you're walking 10 feet off the ground and, and you know, you got, you know, clouds and gold dust or whatever that stuff that people talk about. Um, but, but really, it's about having an intimate awareness that God is with you and that he's full of mercy He's full of compassion. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Colossians 1.15 says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Hallelujah. John chapter 1, verse 14 says, The Word became flesh and dwelled among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, the begotten Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. When we see Jesus, we see the glory of God. And so if we're not ministering out of a place that we can see Jesus, then all we will see is circumstance. All we will see is issues. All we will see is people. 
We need to see Jesus before we see the people. Because only then will we have the revelation and the understanding to know how to love the people. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. It all comes out of that place. So living and ministering out of the glory is living out of an awareness of the intimate relation and living out of the intimate relationship that you have with the Lord Jesus Christ. In John chapter 5, Jesus said, we are the light of the world. Verse 14, and the light is to shine in such a way that the world will see our good works and that it will bring glory to the Father. Paul, talking about his Damascus Road experience in Acts chapter 22, he said that the glory of God was that light that surrounded him. And when that light surrounded him, Jesus spoke to him. Hallelujah. So living out of the glory is living out of a present day Ongoing conversation that you're having with Jesus. Hallelujah. So that when the emergency comes or when the issue comes and it hit your desk, because the buck stops with you many times, hello, help me somebody, if you're leading a ministry, it's like you got to do something. Do something, pastor. Make a decision. Do something. Do something. And people will push, do something, do something, do something. And it's like, you need to stop and say, wait a minute, I'm not doing anything until I, I hear what Jesus is saying. So that's what I mean, living out of the glory, ministering out of the glory of God. And that keeps the anxiety, it keeps the fear, uh, it keeps all of that heavy burden stuff off of us when we are ministering out of that place that we are continually hearing his voice. My sheep know my voice, the voice of a stranger they will not follow. And so it's continually knowing what God wants you to say. Jesus said, I only go where my father tells me to go. I only say what my father tells me to say. I only do what my father tells me to do. He was living and ministering out of the glorious relationship that he enjoyed with the father. From that place of living and ministering out of the glory, there's a lot of joy, a lot of peace when you come in to serve. Hallelujah. At least that's what I find in my life. I, I started practicing that years ago because you never know what the issue of the day is going to be. The issue of the day is whatever, you name it. But the issue of the day is not the issue of the day. The issue of the day is, have I spent some time with the Lord? Did I hear from him this morning? Am I hearing from him now? And is he directing my path? And when you're in that place that you know that you know that you know that the Lord is with you, it really does give you peace. Sometimes you don't know what the answer is. You got to wait, you know, on, on the wisdom to know what to, to say or to do. Uh, in a multitude of godly counsel, there's, there's wisdom and, and, and safety. So you have to include other people in making a lot of the decisions that you make. At least I hope you do. Amen. Because there are gifts that God has placed around us uh, to help us to fulfill what he's called us to do. Take advantage of those gifts. Uh, if we have to be the forever dispensers of wisdom and we don't include other people, then we really aren't living up to the full potential that Pastor Gary has been talking about. So living up to the full potential requires us uh, having the humility to receive from other people. 
to receive from other voices that speak to us. And if you have this ongoing conversation with God, then he will give you discernment on what wisdom to take and what wisdom to maybe put on the back burner and wait and so that you're able to make the best decision. That's what living, practicing living out of the glory of God is all about. But if you don't have that ongoing hearing of God and, and seeing Jesus above, through, and all, and around all things, because he is that, amen, then you're left with your own instincts, you're left with your own experience, and you're left with the experience of your team. My brothers and sisters, that's not enough. Amen. I mean, we have an amazing, abundant team here in Southern California. They're very gifted, very talented. They're very wise people. But the wisdom that all of us have collectively is not enough to cause this organization to keep moving forward the way God wants it to move. We have to all continually receive from the Lord. He says if we lack wisdom, ask him. He would give it to us generously uh, and would not chastise us for asking. Isn't that wonderful? And so when Moses said, Lord, show me your glory, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass by you. I'm going to put you in the cleft of this rock, and, and I'm going to declare my name, the Lord, the I am, I am here. You need to hear God declaring his name every single day over your family, over your own life, over the church, over the ministry, over everything about you. You need to hear him declaring, I am the Lord. Hallelujah. And behold, I change not. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, Hebrews 13, 8. And so we need to hear God declaring his glory, declaring his name over everything that we do. When we hear that, then we know we're in the right place. Amen. Uh, if it's just silence and you're just hearing crickets, you might want to wait a while before you jump out and make that decision. Amen. Hallelujah. Wait until you not only sense the peace of God. And I hear somebody say, well, I just wait for the peace. Well, that's great. I, I want to wait for the peace, but also I need to hear his voice. Because there's peace, there's comfort, there's joy, there's hope, there's faith that, uh, that, that comes when I hear the voice of God. When I read his word and, and, and I hear him speak that word back to my heart, it, it, it invigorates me. It gives me a, a, a power because God's word is living and it's powerful and is sharper than a two-edged sword. So I need to hear God speaking. We can't fulfill the call of God based on principles that we glean from the word. Those principles are wonderful. And they help us to be able to strategically put things together in a way that we can communicate them to other people. But we don't live based on principles. We live based on a relationship with a living God that is speaking to us, that is walking with us, that is holding us up, that is touching us, that is loving us, that is filling us. Hallelujah. And, and then the principles we can implement as we hear him lead us. We must hear the voice of God. Clearly in our lives. In Luke 9, in the transfiguration, it says, The glory manifested as a cloud that overshadowed Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. And then a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son. Hear him. Hear him. There's a voice that comes from the glory of God. 
We have to hear the voice that comes from the glory, that comes from the mercy, the grace, the compassion that God declares over our lives. And when we hear his voice, then we can move with confidence. Hallelujah. Praise God. In John chapter 11, at the tomb of Lazarus, Jesus said to Martha, the sister of Lazarus, if, if you will believe, you will be able to see the glory of God. What, do you, what did she see? She saw a dead man come out of a tomb. Hello? God wants to bring some life to some things that have died in your vision that you think he's forgotten about. If you can believe, you will see the glory of God. So instead of looking for a cloud to come into the room, look for him to begin to speak that word again afresh in your heart, afresh in your understanding so that you can begin to run with endurance the race that is set before you. Lord, I believe, I want to see your glory. I want to see the dead come out of the grave. Hallelujah. I want to see the dry bones live. I want to see the glory of God. God is still in the business of bringing forth his kingdom in the earth. In John chapter 2, we're told that Jesus manifested his glory when he changed the water into wine. The water represents the word, the washing of the water of the word. God wants to turn it into the wine of the Holy Spirit that becomes a river that flows out of our lives. See, it's the, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And, and so what, what God wants to do is he wants to take the letter of the word that we've been hearing and he wants to turn that into a flow of a river of life that comes out of us. Hallelujah. That reignites and empowers everything that we say and everything that we do. Hallelujah. And then you can sleep better at night. You know, I know Gary started off this, this morning and said, you know, how many of you didn't sleep well last night? Sometimes we don't sleep well because we have stuff turning over in our mind that we have not released to the glory of God and we're carrying it when Jesus wants to give us an answer. And so we ruminate, ruminate, ruminate and we think about it, think about it. No, he says to meditate in his word day and night, not, not worry about our problems day and night. That's what he told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1. Do not let this book of the law depart from you, but meditate in it day and night, and then your way will be prosperous and you will have good success. How many of you want to have good success? Amen. Amen. Good success is fulfilling all that God has for us, not leaving anything undone, but fulfilling the fullness of his plan. The way that we do that is we meditate on God's word, and then that word will begin to speak to us and begin to minister to us. We can't comfort anyone out of anything that we haven't received comfort from the Lord. God wants to comfort us so that we can comfort others. Amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. So wherever we're receiving comfort, hope, help, and healing, we're able to release that to others. 
I call that sometimes ministering out of our own brokenness. See, if we ever get to a place that we're not in touch with our own brokenness, we're in a very dangerous place. Because those are the accounts that God keeps open and clear between us so that we can make sure that we're receiving his grace. See, God's comfort is his power. God's comfort is his, his grace. God's comfort is his forgiveness. He says he forgives sins. He's full of mercy. He's full of compassion. That's what he told Moses. This is who I am. I'm announcing that I am the Lord and this is my character. This is my nature. This is what I bring with me, Moses. So as you lead the people, this is what I bring with you. I bring with you forgiveness. I bring with you mercy. I bring with you compassion. I bring with you grace. I bring with you the very essence of who I am. And I will back up the words that I speak to you. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? In 2 Chronicles chapter 5, the trumpeters and Verses 13 through 14, the trumpeters and musicians, they joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord, accompanied by trumpets and cymbals and other instruments. The singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and, and saying, he is good and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. He is good and his mercy endures forever. Say that with me. He is good and his mercy endures forever. Come on, say it like you mean it. He is good and his mercy endures forever. One more time. He is good, and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Don't ever forget that. God is a good God. Hallelujah. He's a good God. He's altogether good. He's altogether wonderful. He's altogether loving. He's altogether merciful. He's all-powerful. He is our God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And as they began to praise and to begin to sing, then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. There was a Shekinah glory. There was a, a physical manifestation of the presence of God that came into the temple as they began to worship and to praise God. Hallelujah. I want you to know, it says that the ministers, uh, the priests that could not perform their service. Hallelujah. Amen. We need to stop performing our service. Amen. And start performing his service. Hallelujah. Amen. It might be good if we can't stand and do our service. Amen. <laughs> we... We need to do the Lord's service because sometimes we come with a plan, we come with an idea, and the Holy Spirit may want to do something different. And if you've been living out of the glory, in other words, you've been communing with God and you've been listening to him from the beginning of, of the service, God begins to speak and he'll begin to shape something different. You need to follow him. Hey, glory to God. Like, well, no, I do verse by verse and... That's fine, praise God. <laughs> but leave some room in there for the Holy Ghost. Amen, hallelujah. Leave some room for the Holy Spirit. It's okay for you to do your, you know, verse by verse exegesis. Um, that's wonderful. It's a good way to get the word of God into people. Amen. <laughs> but we need to keep listening to the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because when we listen to him and we follow him, then we will begin to see the glory of God manifest among us. 
And I think sometimes when we talk about the glory of God, we make it so ethereal and so otherworldly that, that we can't access it. But what God did was very practical. He said, now Moses, I'm going to come by you now, and then I'm going to declare. And he just spoke. This is my glory. I'm full of mercy. I'm full of compassion. I love you, Moses. I'm going to walk with you. My presence will go with you. God wants us to know him. Know him. And from that place, we will continually be filled with his power. We'll be filled with his strength. We'll be able to be gracious to others because God's been gracious to us. Anxiety won't be able to come near us. We'll be able to access the wisdom of God. We'll have the boldness and the courage to step out and do what God has called us to do. Somebody say amen. amen. Because there may be naysayers and people who are uh, trying to say the opposite of what the Lord is speaking. But if, if God has confirmed that word and, and you know that the Lord is leading, follow him, follow him, follow him, follow him. We'll be able to love fervently. We'll be, we'll be able to worship passionately. And we won't be easily slowed down by the tests and storms that come our way. Because that's also part of the journey. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lord, show me your glory. Do you want to see the glory of God? Amen. 2 Corinthians 3.7 says, The glory of God was seen on Moses' face to the place that he had to wear a veil. The glory that will be seen on us, maybe it's not going to be a shining light on your face that you have to wear a veil, but they will be able to see the character of God. They'll be able to see patience. <laughs> They'll be able to see kindness. They'll be able to see gentleness. They'll be able to see a soft word that turns away wrath. They'll be able to see bowels of mercy and compassion. So maybe it won't look like a shining light with a veil, but they'll see Jesus. Don't you want people to see Jesus? <laughs> when we live in that place out of the glory, we don't have to have any fear. It's like, well, what, Lord, what should I say? What should I do? Where should I go? He will direct us step by step so that we will be standing right in the place that we should be. He says in Ephesians chapter 2 that we're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he foreordained that we would walk in. If we're living out of the glory, if we're living out of our ongoing deepening fellowship and relationship with God, then God will be able to strategically place us where we need to be so that we can walk in the fullness of all that he has for us. You know, I'm not a, 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 a big fan of, you know, 10-year plans and 5-year plans and 20-year plans and all that. I, I think you should plan, amen, but God is the one that's going to establish his will. So make your plans, <laughs> but I would much rather... Um, have a vision that comes from God that I write and make plain so that I can run with it and those God has enlisted to serve can run with it also. A vision is a prophetic revelation and insight that comes from the Holy Spirit. 
Proverbs 29, 18, without prophetic revelation, without God continually unfolding and unveiling himself. See, Jesus has been made clear to us. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. So God has been totally unveiled for us so that we can see him. But I want you to know that there are facets of him and depths of his grace, depths of his compassion, depths of his mercy, depths of who he is that we have not even gotten close to. And so if we stop and say, okay, yeah, okay, redemption, I understand what redemption is. Reconcil oh, I know what reconciliation is. Oh, I know what restoration is. If we, if we stop at our current understanding of God and the things about him that we understand from the scripture and we just hang our hat there and say, well, that's it. I'm going to stay right here and, and I know it all. And we don't continually press in to know more of the riches of his grace. Paul talked about the riches of his grace. There's so much depth and riches to who he is. And he wants to continually put us in the cleft of that rock and reveal more of his compassion, more of his goodness, more of his mercy, more of his kindness. He wants to reveal more of himself to us. So it's not about us doing more for him. He wants to reveal more of himself to us so that we can have more joy and more peace and, and we can minister out of this place where we're not carrying the load, but we are leaning heavily on him. Amen. Because we've understood just how deep and how wide and how great the love of God is. This is where God wants to lead us to that place of continually getting to know him more and more and more. I remember years ago I was invited to a, a men's retreat. I think I might have shared this here in, uh, last year. But it, it shows the depths of God's mercy and compassion. And there was a man that was sitting in the back and, and the Holy Spirit, I was getting ready to speak and the Lord said, I want you to sing a prophetic song over him, which is one of the ways that the Lord uses me and it's just what he does, you know. And so I said, okay, I'll do that. So I had the man stand up, and, and I went to the keyboard, and I just started singing a song that the Holy Spirit was just giving me in the moment. And uh, it was a beautiful song. I was like, wow, I don't remember it. I, I didn't remember if that was over. I said, man, that would have been a good song. <laughs> but it wasn't for that. It was for what God wanted to demonstrate. And, and the, 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 the man started weeping. And he was really touched by the song. And um, then he sat back down, and then I got ready to go on with my message. And the Lord said, you're not finished. And I said, what do you mean? He said, that man does not know me. God talked about him as the apple of his eye and how wonderful. I mean, he said some amazing, encouraging things to this man. And, and he said, he doesn't know me. And I said, uh, brother, can you stand back up? And so he stood back. I said, do you know the Lord? He said, no, I just came up here to play football. I said, do you want to know the Lord? He said, well, if, if, if God thinks about me, because he said, I'm a terrible sinner. And he said, if God thinks about me the way that song, I sure would like to know that God. And he ran down to the front and gave his heart to the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Gifts are a sign for the unbeliever sometime. And, and so the Lord used that to bring this man to the Lord. But it, it showed me the depth of God's compassion. See, we qualify people based on a, a set of standards that we have as believers. 
Uh, and God is not qualifying those that he has appointed to be heirs of salvation. As a matter of fact, he's going after them. He's wooing them. He's leaving the 99 to go get the one lost sheep. And the depths of his mercy and passion is so powerful. And so he reached out to this man and, and began to talk to him the way God saw him. Uh, and, and, and that was not where he was. The riches of his mercy and, and wisdom is so much greater. And when we on the surface just kind of gloss over things and we don't continue to say, God, show me your glory. Reveal to me who Jesus is. I want to see Christ formed in me. Spirit fall, fall on me so that I can see Christ formed in me. This is the glory of God. It's that he wants to form more of his heart in our heart so that he can love through us. He wants to form more of his grace in our hearts so that we can be more gracious to others. He wants to heal us and get rid of all of our hindrances, Pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah. So that we can release others from their hindrances and love them into wholeness. Hallelujah. So that's why he would bring a message like he did today through Pastor Gary. It is so God can get more of his glory in us. Because if we get rid of our hindrances, then there's more of his grace and his power and his goodness that can flow through us to other people. That's why he challenges us on our sin. And don't let us just go on down the road and fall into the ditch. He challenges us on our sins so that we can be free, so that we can be carriers of his grace, carriers of his compassion, carriers of his forgiveness, carriers of his word to our generation. Hallelujah. So don't be afraid to preach on sin. Come on now. It's not just a mistake or a small problem. <laughs> Amen. It's called sin. <laughs> Missing the mark, amen. And Jesus came to forgive and release us from our sin. So don't be afraid to talk about sin because what you're doing is you're increasing the potential for God's glory to manifest among you. Hallelujah. I think sometimes that's why the enemy gets us into these church growth things and so that we can move away from the truth, so that we can walk in a smaller amount of God's glory and not really be the church triumphant and victorious that's full of the fire and the power and the majesty of God. Hallelujah. So it's okay to tell folks, you drinking, that's a sin, you need to stop. Okay. <laughs> Because when forgiveness comes, grace comes, fullness comes, glory comes. Hallelujah, because we see Jesus full of grace and full of truth. Because the church is the body of Christ. And we see the body of Christ functioning as an organism that is filled with God's glory and filled with his power. Hallelujah. Lord, show us your glory. Spirit, fall, fall on me. Holy Spirit, fall on me.
so I can see Christ formed in me. Demetra, you sing this song better than me. Come here, please. My wife, Demetra. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Do you want me to play it or you want to just sing it a cappella? Uh, you can sing it. All right. <laughs> I didn't think I'd be singing with my dried out voice. <laughs> of age and it went all over the world. People began their services singing it in Russia and Romania and Canada, all over the world because God wants us to know he's there for us. He's there to do the things that we need to do. We have to know the Holy Spirit cares about every ache, every heartache, every pain, Everything we go through, he's going through it with us. Amen. That's why his spirit falls on us to reach out to those that don't know him. If we know him, we can share him with others. Amen. Thank you, honey. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, honey. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, show us your glory. Show us your glory. I want to see Christ formed in me. I don't want to minister out of my own understanding. I don't want to minister out of my schooling and my training. <laughs> I want to minister out of the spirit of God. Where I have an active, loving, living relationship with Jesus Christ. And from that place, 
the knowledge of God's glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. That's what God is doing in the church today. And my prayer for us as the people of God is that we will live in that place of total dependence on the Holy Spirit. Are you grateful for the Holy Spirit? Amen. I really believe that, you know, since the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, ain't nothing happened on this earth that comes close to the coming of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It is the most amazing thing that the Lord did for us. He says, I'm going to send you another comforter. Remember I read this passage about he's a God of all comfort? See, the Holy Spirit came to comfort us. He came to forgive us of all of our sin. You know, over in uh, Isaiah, I believe it is, chapter 40. I'm going to close here in a minute, y'all. I'm going to... I know we got lunch. I'm not going to preach an everlasting sermon here, but, <laughs> but I'm just excited about Jesus. Yeah, so is that all right? <laughs> Hallelujah. He says, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. I'm talking to Israel. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim in her that her hard service has been completed. Hallelujah. <laughs> and her sin has been paid for that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. When I used to read that when I was little, I, I thought, man, they're going to they they, get a double whipping. You know, I used to get whippings. <laughs> See, folks don't spank their kids too much these days, but listen, where I grew up, you know, we, we got a beating, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. That's just the way they did it, you know, back in the day. Uh, you, you got a beating, amen. It wasn't a beat down with a fist or anything, but a switch, oh, it'll get you. Ooh, glory. <laughs> I remember one day my dad was telling me, this is going to hurt me more than you. I said, then why don't you beat yourself? <laughs> he said, boy, I know you didn't just say that. Come over here. <laughs> You're going to get some more now. <laughs> oh, my mouth got me in trouble when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I love my dad so much. He was an amazing man of God, but uh, sometime I'm sure I tried his patience. Um, but, but he really lived for the Lord. Just an amazing servant. And I saw the glory of God in his life. I saw the glory of God. I didn't know what I was looking at when I did, but I saw the glory of God. My mother was an alcoholic, and she left him after 14 years of marriage and six kids and he never remarried. He stayed single for the rest of his life and dedicated his life to God. He cared for widows and orphans all of his life. And he was a man of prayer. He, was not, he couldn't read. Uh, he was, able, was not able to go to school because they were sharecroppers in the South and that was just not uh, available to him. Um, I taught him how to write his name when I was in high school. And so he didn't have to sign his paychecks with X's anymore. But but I saw the glory of God because he lived a faith that was radical in obedience to God that made me wonder, how does this guy do this? But he had such a relationship with Jesus that I didn't understand, but he prayed out loud. When he would pray, oh my goodness, I wish I could hear him pray now. Back then it embarrassed me because he prayed so loud the walls would shake, you know. <laughs> and so, but he would pray out loud. <laughs> Listen, when, when you're going through distress, and when you have some problems, mm, them cute little prayers are not going to get it. I mean, 
Daddy prayed out loud, oh God, help me down here, Jesus. Oh, I mean, my, 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 my. You know, we, we lived in the segregated South and, you know, as a black man, he didn't have any education, so he didn't have nothing coming. And so he would go try to get a job and they would call him boys and no boy, you know, you ain't got no skills, go home. And I mean, so he had to live through all of that and that was a heavy burden because he wanted to provide well for his family. And so he prayed hard and deep. Um, and I understand now why he prayed so hard. I uh, didn't understand it then. But the glory of God came on his life in such a powerful way that people would have him come to churches just to pray because they knew he couldn't read. <laughs> But he was, not, he was a deacon in the church, and they would say, well, we want Deacon Brown to come and just pray us in, you know. <laughs> so he would come and pray him in. So he'd come down front, and he would just pray. And he would close his eyes, and he would just kind of like walk around praying. And everybody would just be mesmerized just hearing him pray because it felt like God was in the room, you know. And, and so he was known as that, that praying deacon, and, and God used his life in a very powerful way. But that was the glory of God because he saw Jesus. He knew Jesus. He couldn't read the book, but he knew Jesus. But, you know, he had heard sermons all of his life. He had memorized more scripture than probably anybody in this room. <laughs> he could quote scripture. I'm like, how do you know that you can't read? But he could, he could say the whole 23rd Psalm. I mean, he had, he had such an amazing memory. Um, but this passage, when God was saying to Israel, he says, your sins have been paid for. And that... She has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. He wasn't talking about a double punishment. He was talking about a double portion blessing. Hallelujah. That they were going to be released at some point from Babylonian captivity. That the Messiah was going to still come through them. I mean, they have a double portion blessing of his favor that is going to come upon them. Uh, that he will never leave them and never forget about them. And so that's the double portion for the sin. When God forgives us of our sin, uh, that's why we should be quick to repent. Hallelujah. Say, Lord, forgive me. I'm, oh, please. Because we get a double portion of his blessing. We get more of his glory that is manifested on our lives when we repent of our sins. Hallelujah. It's good stuff. Amen. <laughs> That's just the kind of God we serve, that he gives us a double portion of his goodness, of his compassion, of his mercy, and his grace when we repent of our sin. Lord, show me your glory. How many of you want to see the glory of God? Hallelujah. Stand with me and say, Lord, I want to see your glory. Thanks for tuning in today. We really appreciate you choosing the Teen Challenge of Southern California podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, do it today. It's easy. Go to wherever you get your podcasts, click on our icon and hit subscribe. A new podcast filled with godly encouragement, spiritual instruction, and teaching comes out every Tuesday. We know there's a lot of podcasts out there, and we're so grateful that you chose our podcast today. Be encouraged.